This is the Sports Divided Podcast. The Chicago Bulls have won their sixth NBA championship, and it's their second three-peat. Second two out, Palmero over the head of Jenks. Uribe charges, throws, out! And the White Sox have won the World Series. To the net, over. Patrick Kane has scored the goal. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. The Cubs They did it. It's over. The game is over. The series is over. The wait is over. And the St. Louis Blues are the Stanley Cup champions. Matt, I'm talking the opposite way for the White Sox. No. Oh, we're not. No, we're not selling it. No. Two or three, two or three pieces could. We'll get there. Okay, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. All right. So we'll welcome back to Sports Divided. Uh, we're recording on Monday, July twenty fifth. Not much NBA news, but there was one thing that broke today. Uh, Kevin Durant to the Celtics for Jalen Brown and more, maybe because Jalen Brown took to Twitter and uh, had the uh, SMH tweet. Shake my head. For those uh, older audience members. <laughs> yeah. well, who needed yeah, the help on that one, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I think the Celtics are probably, it, when I heard it, it's funny, I never thought about them as a team that would need to go and move, make a move for Durant. But I think they're, they're small tweaks away from being back there again. But that move made a lot, makes a lot of sense, I think. Uh, they've got the assets. They've got, you know, Jalen Brown had an amazing postseason. Um, and I, I don't know. I think he's a good player. I don't know that he's an amazing, you know, that level of a player. So if you could trade him in pieces with a couple picks and get back Durant for three years or so at that core, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like Durant and I like the Celtics. So I, I, I think that's a, that's a win-win right there. But doesn't Durant then take the ball out of, Marcus Smart and Jason Tatum's hand a lot more, and then are the Celtics as good? Well, what they really need is a is a is a true point guard, somebody to bring the ball up the court. And I don't know. I mean, I, I Marcus Smart was that for them, but he's not that player. So if they could get a point guard in, and I think getting somebody like Durant would allow them to get. I don't I don't know who's out there right now on you know uh, you know you could get on like the MLE the uh, the wouldn't you almost though, if you're the Celtics, use those assets that you get Durant to maybe go get like Kyle Lowry? Well, see, that would be yeah, you could. But Kevin Durant's probably if the best, if not you know top three player in the league. So why wouldn't you go get him? Is he still you're, though? Yeah. Oh yeah. Right now, for sure. Yes, one hundred percent. That was my question. He's Without in the top him. three. Yeah. Right now, yes. You talk three years, two, three years from now, probably not. But you got him, and, and and with that team in for three years, yeah. I mean, you'll you'll win a they'll win a championship, or it'll be a little closer than it was this year. But yeah, he, he makes you better. He makes you better. And if you can get rid of, I, I really like Jalen Brown, and I would love to have him on the Bulls. But if if, if he's the piece you got to move to get Durant, you 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 got better. So, and that's what it's all about. It's all about having this just a sheer star power over, you know, 
how many how many star power players can you have on one team um, and make it work? So you know, with him and uh, Jason Tatum and, and Marcus Smart playing defense, they said Durant's defense dropped off ever since his Achilles, and he's getting a little bit older. He's kind of shying away from it. I think this team, the way that they play defense, his defense will ramp back up. So I don't think you'll miss much losing Jalen Brown, and I think you gain a lot more on the offensive side too. So. Um, I, I, I see it as a win-win um, if they can make it work, but we'll see. I don't know. It's, it's one of those. I know the Heat are still in on it. Um, and there's one other team, too. I can't remember who the other team is. Yeah, I just remember seeing today that the news broke that now Boston was the, the front runner for – yeah, for, well, I mean, they're, services. they're the front runner, but they just – so the, all the other teams got in, right? Oh, the Suns. The Phoenix Suns are the other team that are – But it's, Didn't it's, they just re-sign Aiden? Yeah, so with them get, bringing back uh, DeAndre Aiden, it's, it's almost a foreign conclusion. It's not going to happen. I think that I just – I think the Nets are asking for way too much, and it wouldn't be surprising to see Durant back in the Nets jersey them wasn't, figured out they have a good team too that's, wasn't that the report late last week that him and Kyrie have come to the conclusion that they're going to have to return to the nets to play pretty much you know yeah pretty much it, unless you know somehow Kyrie can get over to LA but man there's a lot can happen in a matter of seconds in the NBA that's just how it goes so but I like this trade I think this this trade makes the most sense to me to put a team that is right there and just give them the extra oomph to get over the, over the hump of, you know, you're going to have to go through um, the heat again, most likely. Uh, and then you, you've got to get past the Warriors because, you know, what's his name? Yeah. Yeah. Draymond Green's talking smack again about how their, their 17, 2017 team is better than the, uh, the Bulls. So uh, I don't know. I don't, oh, know. I don't like that. Yeah. Idiot. Yeah. He's an idiot. Well, I mean, wouldn't the staying be though if they got Durant, the Heat would have to go through probably the Celtics then? Wouldn't it probably be flipped? Well, yeah, they would. But they when when the Celtics become the team, yeah, for sure. But it's it's still one of those, you know, you don't know, you don't know what's going to happen. Well, and then you just never know if Giannis decides to uh, turn his game back on, and Milwaukee could be right there again too. Yeah, yeah. So, no, it's, it's something definitely to watch. I, I, I like the trade. I really trust it. Sun, a little elbow grease, like just about. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know. I had a it's the most interesting thing that's happened in any of our podcasts. Talking. <laughs> All right. So, cut. Hold on. I'm making a note. Cut <laughs> at <laughs> seven, <laughs> 15 minute mark. Not mad. The, 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 the other audio. It was actually, it was actually, per, no, it was actually perfect. Where Matt said, "I like the trade," and then that was like, "Oh, yeah. Grace, yeah." <laughs> all right, so let's get back. Your head open, and all of a sudden, it just starts talking. Sometimes know. ESPN does that, where the ads just start playing. Just starts playing a couple minutes in. <laughs> all right, so uh, we'll move. We'll move on to uh, the Chicago Bears and some news. We'll get to the news here in a second, but uh, uh, is there any worry in Chicago that Robert Quinn doesn't show up for camp since he missed every mandatory workout and 
I mean, what's he really holding out? Like, what would he really be holding out for? More money? Or to well, get Ro- off the... Well, Rokon's get... holding out now, too. Yeah, so... Rokon. Did you see that? Yeah, Rokon. No, did that just... Did I miss that? That just popped up today. Yeah. yeah. That's probably the more I important that one. I, I don't care if Quinn shows up or not. We just have to trade him for something. Well, that's what that's what I'm getting at. Are, is he holding out because he wants to be off of the Chicago Bears? He yeah. doesn't want to be... Yeah, is he holding out because he wants more money? No, he just he wants to be off the team. He just wants to go play for a winning team. And, yeah, yeah, and, and the, the story in the trip today, a tripper sometimes anyway said uh, basically it would be a good good thing for the Bears if he uh, did depart because if he plays, then uh, he's going to take time away from the younger guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the bigger issue would be Roquan Smith, yeah. He might That's get a couple of sacks that lead to wins that they don't want. But that's but, well, and, and I don't know. I don't know that that couple <laughs> of decks are going to be different. I know the wins are going to be a problem here. Without any pass rush, you might lose the Commanders, and you might lose the <coughs> Giants, which then makes you a better draft pick. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Without you know, and the other Bears news was uh, after signing with the Falcons, what three weeks ago, Eddie. Cool. Eddie, yeah, Eddie Goldman decided to Rip hang him up. And he was the one that didn't play through COVID either. I, I don't know. I, I I get it with football players because it's a different sport than, you know, maybe baseball or whatever. But it, you, you have this opportunity once in a lifetime and you can make generational money. So unless you've got like an issue with concussions or there's something, you know, fine. It, you know, we can't question his motives for walking away. But he's still pretty young and he can, can make some decent money playing in this game. So I, I don't know why he would just would do that, but. We also see the bear side of the lineman about an hour ago. I didn't see that. Well, that was because what's his name? Tore his ACL. They said, uh, uh, what's her name? Conan's husband uh, from San Diego. Uh, he's from, uh, he's from Sandberg high school here. Schofield. He's from, uh, he's from uh, what's his last name? Schofield. Yeah, it's him. 81 starts. Yeah, all with he played with the Chargers the past couple of years. Oh. I mean, so you, uh, you got a at least you have a competent yeah. All right. Sounds Bob, good. what do you guys also think about uh this uh, brisk? I want to call him brisket. Uh, <laughs> brisket. <laughs> brisker uh, holding out. Who's, who's basically been He's been handed a starting job, and and if I understood correctly, I think they're quibbling. Well, he's quibbling over like a hundred grand, uh, if I'm not mistaken. First off, Keith, I think that's your marketing degree coming out because you could you could throw a little food stain out there that's Brisker's briskets. Ooh, you know, that's it. I think you just came out. <laughs> Telling you, there or if he, gives, if he gives up too many touchdowns, he can be burnt in. <laughs> 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 End it right there, Rick. It's not going to get any better than that. Uh, well, so that's, out. that's a promo that's going on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we can get a sponsor, a barbecue sauce, barbecue sauce sponsor. Yeah. Yeah, Dakota Dozier. I don't. He's mm. uh, a guard that recently uh, underwent surgery for a torn ACL. So I would assume that's why they went out and got Schofield too. But it's an upgrade, though, no matter what, how you look at it. Well, at least for this year. Yeah. I mean, maybe Dozier was a starting guard for the Minnesota Vikings the past three years. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And so they signed him to a one-year contract, and then he 
tore his ACL, and now he's getting the money. Yeah. I'm sorry, Eddie Goldman, just tear another ACL. That's all you need to do. Stick it out. But so the real topic, the real hard-hitting Bears news we want to talk about is the uh, Matt likes them, but the ugly orange helmets. And before we get into it, there's there's yet even another Bears topic that we need to get into after the helmet, though. But I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll raise okay. that in a minute. All right. So, yeah, I get it. You're going to wear them with the orange jersey, but wouldn't with white pants and the orange jersey, a white helmet with a navy face mask look a little better? Yeah, it'd be cool. That'd be cool. I think it's just the shock value kind of thing. Well, well yeah. they had the orange jerseys whenever like it was there. The orange jersey, I'm not. That's the issue. They're gonna wear it with you. They're gonna wear it. Yeah, they wear it all the time. But they're gonna wear it with the orange jersey. So then you're gonna have orange, orange, white. Why not go white, orange, white? I think it would just look and put an orange face mask on it. Wear it around Halloween every year. Yeah. I think it'd look good. Yeah. I just. Yeah, I don't know. White. Go from. I I I, I think it, just, yeah they look that looks cool. I think it's also because I just don't like the navy C on it. I think the interesting thing was that they said that in the first this is the first year that the Bears will never wear a navy helmet. Is that ever? Mm-hmm. I think that was ever right. Which is interesting. I mean, they've never switched it up to anything else ever. they've done different face masks or like the orange stripes that look like and michigan they, they for a little the bit. yeah that's right they it had a different sucks. striped helmet but, then but it's, it's always been a base of navy yeah but i don't know like orange i know yeah you like orange that's why that's why you're all for it i don't <laughs> mind the jersey i just think the helmet itself probably because you could have kept the orange C and just done white, and it would have went with the pants a lot better. But maybe a white helmet's kind of blah to me. I don't know. It reminds me of Penn State. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, like NFL teams have a white helmet. Cincinnati's bringing out a white Bengal helmet this year. Cincinnati. The white tiger. With the black stripes. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Miami wears a white helmet. The Chargers. The, well, the Chargers. Chargers do. The Bills do. Bills have a white helmet? The Jets. No, not anymore. They're they're back to that green. Is it all green now? That white yeah. green? No, it's it's been green for probably three years, I think. And then now their their second helmet this year is gonna be black. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. The Bears could have put their pants stripe or the jersey stripe yeah, down yeah. the middle of the helmet and done white. Yeah, that would have been cool. I get, I get where you're coming from. I like the orange, but Keith, I, I see what I see your point. Yeah, Keith, I think I know. Where, were you going to go with a Larry uh, with a Lightfoot tweet? Is that the topic you want to talk about? <laughs> yeah. Oh, not not her tweet. Just just the issue in general. <laughs> well, well, I'm assuming she tweeted about the dome the, and the stadium. Yeah, the yeah. pictures of the dome actually look sick. Yeah, I've yeah. been I've been there. Matt's been there. You guys have all been there. I don't know how they're going to make the stands look like the way they did without it being another seven or eight year remodel. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I mean, uh, a dome on top of a toilet bowl on top of, you know, historic the spaceship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, and it's the same. You know, it, it looks really, really cool. The problem is you can only seat, uh, if I'm not mistaken, 61,000 people in there. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and you know, it may look cool, but yeah. it, it's not going to get you a Super Bowl and it's not well, going to get you, so you know, might get this... you an NCAA Final Four. 
And where with, are we going to play? Where are they going to play for however many years it takes to do that? You with know, this, playing bourbon. With, go, ahead. go ahead, Matt. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was, wonder, I was just wondering where they're going to play while this is happening. And like you said, this is not built for a dome. So Hopefully not back in Illinois. They're going to have to tear down. It's, it's, <laughs> that was awful. it's like basically two structures on either side. Now they got to build like a third structure at the top. And I think there's some Chicago ordinances that don't even allow for what they're trying to do because they want to build this outdoor amenity area and like a Disney style hotel, they said. She's, well, got, she's, got, bigger, she's got bigger issues in a football it, stadium. I, it, I feel like it, yeah. it's it's like we're not, we're, we're, we're too all over the place. They need to like focus in on. This, we need this, to build a stadium to keep the Bears. Don't worry this, about the stupid hotel. That'll they're done with that. They're, they're done with that. They're not building a stadium to keep the Bears. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they, well, and it's they're, the overused phrase. They're, they're putting lipstick on a pig. You know, right. I mean, mm-hmm. it, 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 and the yeah. thing is being kind. <laughs> yeah. And the so, thing is, yeah. yeah. But with this, <laughs> this, this increase, would, the seating increase would go from 61.5 to 70. Is that enough? Where, for where, wait, where, where are those extra seats? Uh, where, where are those? Uh, that's what they're they're in the roof. Yeah. No, like <laughs> like they're adding they're adding like these boxes like in pillars on the sides and I don't if in the picture like it, the ESPN article says this expansion will go from sixty five or sixty one five to seven or seventy, uh, adding number of suites from one thirty three to one forty. Hmm. And then uh, also a uh, two hundred thousand square foot beverage space. But what this is, Arlington, I think it's this. It's a foregone conclusion. I think it's not Arlington. They're going to build their own beautiful stadium and not try to fit it into this, you know, crap area. No, which is not a crap area. It's a great area. Bringing another team in. Yeah. No, it's not. I guarantee. What it is is it's going to become a concert venue. It's going to become a Big Ten hub for the Big Ten championship yeah. every year instead of Lucas mm-hmm. Oil. And then it can be soccer. It can be no. this. It can be yeah. – it'll just be – you know what, Bears? Fine. Screw you. We can have now more dates to do whatever we want with it and yeah. try to make more money. I yeah, think it's take, actually it, – Take it's your a smart, tax dollars. Yeah, it, it's a smart uh, – it, it's a smart move if uh, – you know, because it ain't going to be the Bears. Uh, and then you make it a year-round venue. Uh, but the catch is um, – yeah, you mentioned tax dollars. Mm, I don't know. So we'll see how. Yeah, where's that going to come from? Yeah, where's where that? Where's that going? Going to come and, from and, these days? Uh, those tolls that are those tolls that are three. Though. Yeah, the tolls that are three dollars now going into the city will be nine. <laughs> oh, that's a different. That's a whole different tax. <laughs> that's their own money. Matt, when you're in the government, oh, you can take the money from wherever and just say, "Yeah, we spent it here." Yeah. Nobody <laughs> asks questions. I wish it. No, think can, about it. It's Illinois. How many times have they done corrupt things with their money, anyways? Well, I I learned that when we were fighting the third high school out here the one time that once the referendum's voted for, you can move, you can build a school anywhere you want, and it doesn't matter. You can tell me we're building it here, is it we're building? You spend twice as much to put it somewhere else. It's okay, it's legal. It's actually illegal in Illinois. It's unbelievable. The other thing that from those renderings that I saw, it you know, it's it's nice to have a dome, um, but it, it looked like on the on the either end, either end zone side, that it was still wide open. And I don't I think, think they're able to close. It didn't look like they could close that. I think it's it'll probably they're they're trying to make it probably like SoFi or like 
Lucas Oil, where the glass moves and they can open it up, or like Minnesota, like yeah, yeah. you definitely want the ends of it open in January, you know. So when that wind comes off the lake, exactly, <laughs> that's the whole. You know, like, then you could have a hockey rink right there and not have to worry about the pipes underneath. There you go. Year round, you got to figure it out. You know, that's not. And I was really hoping, as a season ticket holder, it'd be nice to take a train in and just have a hooded sweatshirt on in the middle of the winter and go to the game when it's like 70 degrees inside the stadium. I don't want a dome, but then have open ends where it's still. No, the open ends, it's it's probably. I would imagine those are enclosed. Or they can retract kind of like what's in Minnesota where they can pull the glass back. And otherwise it defeats the whole purpose. of. uh, You also have the the whole thing about being the historic, uh, you know, building underneath and stuff that you might not be able to, you know, do certain things down at the, at the, the, the ground level. Yeah. There are limitations and all that stuff. But again, like you said, when it's the government and it's Chicago it's only, and it's Illinois, you can do whatever you want. It's only historic when they want to say it's historic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they've already tainted the thing. I mean, you know, what, yeah. what the heck? I mean, you know, just ruin it some more. Yeah. They should have just kept it the way it was. And I mean, done. I mean, they sh- what they should have just done is said, okay, Green Bay, can we have your models for how you renovated your stadium? Yeah, we're going to do this exact same thing and just build off the side and not put this scooped bowl on top of it and just yeah. went straight it up with it. It shouldn't have been a, a stainless steel bowl inside of old white Roman columns. Like it, or they should have moved the columns. Out. They should have played into it, but they, they did the exact opposite. And now, but now we're here. You know, now we're here. Well, they, they should have done to... what they're doing now in Arlington Heights, is just not even mess with it and build a new stadium you know, somewhere else. Yeah. There was land down there. You had all that railroad, all those empty railroad yards, all that stuff. Mm. They could have put it anywhere down there. Yeah. But we'll move on to. Uh, um, we're not going to really talk the number on these rankings because it doesn't really matter for people that don't game. But Madden released their top 10 rankings. I wanted to just list off the order of quarterback, running back, and wide receivers and just see if there's, you know, what, what you guys think. Did the, yeah, I, I, okay. This is interesting. So the number 10 quarterback is Matthew Stafford. Number 10? <laughs> that, that'll tell you how far behind we are. <laughs> oh, God. Is Trubisky number nine? <laughs> the number, the tied for number eight quarterbacks are Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson. The number seven quarterback is Justin Herbert. Number six, Dak Prescott. Number five, Joe Burrow. Number four, Josh Allen. Number three, Patrick Mahomes. Number two, Aaron Rodgers. And number one, Tom Brady. We really are that far behind. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, I think we all know Tom Brady's not the number one quarterback. Yeah. No, he, gets, he gets he gets seven points. Like this is their actual in-game rating. He probably gets seven points just because he's Tom Brady. Yeah. But so realistically, you probably put Tom. I mean, if we're reordering this, what would would a more realistic order be? Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Joe Burrow. I don't know if Rodgers will be number one this year either. He's, his receiving back- is looking amazingly like the Bears. That doesn't matter. He's back-to-back MVP. You can't not put him number one right. Yeah, going I, into I, the season. You can't. If we were doing this, if we're doing this mid-season, maybe. But going into the season, oh no, going, going in, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But I think he's gonna gonna suffer a little bit. And Joe Burrow's good, but I think 
at this point, I, mean, I know Matt Stafford's older and Joe Burrow's younger, so maybe that plays into it, but isn't Matthew Stafford better than Joe Burrow? Like, I don't know. I mean, it's well, just me. I, I'd rather have Well, he won the Super Bowl. Uh, again, I mean, Joe, but, Joe, but, I mean, he had a lot more talent. Especially oh, on, no doubt. He had a yeah, better supporting Especially on the defensive cast. side. Yeah. I, yeah. The, the, the actual biggest what the F I have on it is Justin Herbert. Like, Justin Herbert's better than Dak Prescott. Matthew Stafford's better than Dak Prescott, in my eyes. Well, that's the Cowboys, that's the Cowboys thing in Madden, though. That's, you know, that's... Well, no, but it's also – so Madden, it's for the video games. So the fact that Dak can, is so mobile and Russell Wilson is so mobile and Lamar is so mobile, they get extra points, too. Yeah. I mean, Joe Burrow won without an offensive line. Yeah. I mean, it's, you got to put it in perspective. I mean, he, there's a, their offensive line really not much better than the Bears at all. Yeah. Uh, and he won anyway. So. Well, and then that we'll get – so off of that conversation, we'll go to wide receivers. And yeah. um, Where are we at? <laughs> oh, uh, Daryl Mooney's like a 70 – Five, I think he's there's Darnell Mooney. He's, Sorry, 79. Yeah, he's, he's our number one at 79. Darnell Moody. So number 10 is Amari Cooper. Number eight is a tie between uh, Terry McLaurin and uh, Keenan Allen. Number seven is Mike Evans. Number six, Justin Jefferson. Number five, Stefan Diggs. Number four, DeAndre Hopkins. Number three, Tyreek Hill. Number two, Cooper Cup. Number one, Devontae Adams. What's what's the biggest red flag you think there? Tyreek might, might be might be we'll, we'll see about Miami. Where is Jamar Chase? Well, yeah, oh, yeah. there you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jamar Chase is better than Amari Cooper. Jamar Chase is better than Terry McLaurin. DeAndre Hopkins should not be number four. He no. might not even be in the top ten because he can't stay healthy. Yeah, he's the biggest red flag. I mean, he's he's he is talent wise. He's one of the but he's getting towards the end of his career. Keller Murray just took up all his money and uh, and Stefan Diggs, Justin Jefferson are five six yeah. behind Tyreek with which so is Tyreek good because he had Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes? I guess, we'll see. We'll, we'll find out after his comments today saying two is the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. I don't know. I think he's still not – he is intangible, right? He just has – he's got things that other players can't bring to the table. So, if you get him the ball in space, he's going to make things happen. So I, I, that list – you're right. Jamar Chase was the one that was really missing, I think. And it didn't jump out at me at first, but when you said it, it's like, yeah, he's – he's Namari Cooper, didn't, he had a pretty crappy year last mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Yeah, so what is he even doing on that list? You know who's actually – if you look at the full rankings – Jamar Chase is ranked 85. At 88 is Michael Thomas. What'd you say? You said Jamar Chase is 85? Well, yeah. 85 points. Oh, 85 points. Oh, okay. okay it's, okay. it's like the yeah. no, like their their rating, like their the number. Oh, yeah, okay, he's, okay. he's an 85. Yeah. And 85, yeah. Michael Thomas is an 88 who has not played in almost two years. Which put 85 puts him at a what? Like he's over. like he's like a top 20, 20 ish, 15, 20. In that range, not inside yeah, the top fifteen. No, that that's even worse. No, he. I mean, at, at the worst, he's got to be eleventh if he's not in the top ten. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One thing I want to see with a true quarterback in a real offense, Terry McLaurin. 
I think that guy is something special. I really do. I... Hey, what about um, uh, oh, crap? The guy from Seattle. Um, oh yeah, DJ DK Metcalf. Yeah, Metcalf. Where the heck is because now he doesn't have a quarterback, right? So he's he's ranked. Right. <laughs> so he gets penalized. <laughs> I mean, that guy's a beast. Jeez. Yeah. So uh, DK Metcalf is ranked 14 behind tied with Debo Samuel and Chris Godwin behind his teammate Tyler Lockett. Oh no! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. No, no way. Yeah. Um, Mike Evans too. I feel like that he's a little high, right? He's good, but he's been injured, and I don't think he is as much of a star power guy as he's more kind of a uh, possession type receiver. So I, I don't know about I don't know about Mike Evans. So there used to be this running joke that Madden would just go to some random guy in their office and say, what number do you think this guy should be? And that's what the number was. And it was just stuck because there was just, it was like off the wall, like the Jamar chase thing being an 85 when Tyler Lockett is a 90 Mm -hmm. and Chris Godwin is an 89. And there might be, I think that's where the skew with Madden, right. Is, you 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 start putting in people individual rankings of certain types of you know talent that they have speed. And no, well, that's what it is. It's all the formula. It's the formulas that they put in that are god awful. That you know, and it's, it's so it, it it turns into this like on paper this player should be this good, but like it just doesn't translate to when they actually hike the ball on Sunday. You know, so it's like it's so actually. Tyler Lockett is one of those players. He'll he has a he'll have a game where he's 300 yards and four touchdowns, and then he'll have six games in a row where it's like 15 yards and two catches. That's it. It's like well. so. I just pulled up the full list. Jamar Chase is 20th. Wow. Other wow. names and other names in front of him. We talked about Lockett. We talked about Thomas. We talked about Godwin. We talked about Metcalf. We talked about Debo Samuel. Adam Thielen, DJ Moore, AJ Brown, Brandon Cooks. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it's kind of mystifying. Well, I, I, the fourth one I mentioned, if you look at it, Thielen was a touchdown machine for a number of years. I mean, just, you know, two game, you know, for a while there and stuff like that before he got hurt. If there's, depending on how that stuff is weighted, he could be, I mean, he's not as fast, he's not as elusive, he's not any of that stuff. But he did catch a whole lot of touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I had him in fantasy a couple years already, and he was a, boy, he was a, one of my big guys every week for yeah. a while. There. But, so Jamar Chase is one point better than yearly suspended Calvin Ridley. <laughs> Calvin Ridley. Uh, <laughs> was pretty damn good. I'm not saying he's not, but that's where they have him. And then yeah. you drop down another five spots and there's CD lamb. No, come on. That's a joke. Right, let's talk a year from now. And, and Jamar chase will be in the top five. I think. Yeah. Gotta be. Gotta be. Yeah. You wanna t- All right. So then the next group we'll talk is uh, the running backs. Yeah. 
And yeah, this is this is this will be a little squirrely, right? I don't know. Like, I where does Derek? There's, there's one that I argue should be a couple slots higher. There's one that should probably fall a little bit because of history. Um, so tied for nine. So number nine, technically ten, the tie those slots is Austin Eckler and Ezekiel Elliott. Eight is Aaron Jones. Seven is Alvin Kamara. Six, Joe Mixon. Five, Devin or Dalvin Cook. Four, Jonathan Taylor. Tied for second, Nick Chubb, Christian McCaffrey, and number one, Derrick Henry. I don't know. It's hard to say no with Derrick Henry, but I, I don't know. It seems Chubb's a little high to me. Well, Chubb might just be because they split so much with yeah. him. But I look like McCaffrey's been hurt for almost two full years. He's pretty high up there. And I would say Aaron Jones should probably be ahead of Kamara and Mixon. Yeah, I would say so. Especially Mixon. The benefit of being on a – well, I guess Mixon was on a pretty good team. But I don't know. It's a benefit of making a deep run. Yeah, and not having in, not having a second guy like the Packers now have in AJ Dillon. Joe Mixon was pretty damn good. What do you want us to play? Yeah, yeah. they almost got rid of him early on because of his attitude. Yeah, but then they were bad too. Kamara, I don't know. Kamara's that's tough. I don't know. Kamara's pretty good, but I think it's just the the. The team, the whole team aspect of it. What side of 30 is Kamara on now? He's got to be uh, eight, He's got to be a little bit. He's got to be one of the older ones of that group. And it's kind of like, well, where is this going? He's got a lot of, lot of hits. 20, 27. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Derrick Henry, I, I don't know. I, and Christian McCaffrey, again, yes, probably the most gifted, but can't do can't stay healthy. So yeah. I just – you got to do that has to play against them, right? I mean, in Madden, that's great because maybe he's not going to get injured as you play the years, but I don't. In reality, the best ability, like you said, Rick, is availability. So, I don't know. well, and then David Montgomery's uh, 17. That sounds about right. Who's who's above who's right above and below him? Najee Harris. Oh, okay. Well, he is, I, is I, right, I, is right above him. Right above him. Okay. James Robinson is right below him. Okay. Actually, he's tied with James Robinson. That feels right. Uh, Cam Akers is right below him. Uh, Cordell Patterson is right above him. Mm. Uh, Saquon Barkley is two slots above him, along with uh, Kareem Hunt. Talk about a guy who can't stay on the field. That's jo- Josh yeah. Jacobs and... Leonard Fournette are 11 and 12 at, <clears throat> at 87 ratings. And so Montgomery is an 84 rating. Yeah. Josh Jacobs, they're not, gonna, they're not giving him as much. But here's what it is. So Ezekiel Elliott and Austin Eckler are 88s. David Montgomery is an 84. So you just have a couple guys in there. It's only four rating spots, but it's eight people because there's two people at every number for them. But yes, the Bears' uh, top wide receiver was yeah, like Dave said, it was like seventy nine or something like that. And uh, 
uh the one that uh really really doesn't doesn't look good um is let me pull it up is just well it's justin fields and justin fields is mark yeah we didn't even we we didn't even talk about him he's at he's so this is the bad part he's at 74 he's tied with jalen hurt one above carson wentz he's behind both miami quarterbacks and tua and teddy bridgewater he's behind a backup so, and just to clarify, in this case, 74 is points. It's not. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. No, yeah. I, they're, they're rated. No, I just. He's, of, he's like ahead of Carson Wentz, right? Well, that? Carson Wentz also has had a, he had a horrible year last year. Yeah. And, yeah. And Mac Jones is at a 78. He's like five spots above, six spots above. So they could have had Mac. But, you know. Ryan Pace knows better. Hardest man in the room. You like just kind of, you know, rubbing salt on the wound, don't you? That was your pick. I know that was your pick. It I, was from day one. I said the guy they – because, again, we've, we've talked about this before. When the Bears are at their best, what do they have? They have a running game, and they have a good managing – game-managing quarterback, whether it's Rex Grossman or it's – yeah. Jay Cutler was just a bullet arm game manager. He wasn't, you know, this dynamic quarterback. Yeah, he wasn't. Think about it. When they've been good. Mitch Trubisky, when they had a decent season, was more of a game manager. Yeah. Got the ball to the playmakers. So why do you, you know, you're going to try to get this dynamic quarterback in a run option offense that you don't actually run a run option with. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i know it's kind of it's it's the game today you know so i i, I get the the pick it's interesting i wonder what i wonder what new england would have done if both quarterbacks were sitting there at their pick who they would have chosen they would have chosen mac jones mac jones is tom brady too why did they why did they chose why did they choose jacoby Brissett? You know, I don't know that he wasn't necessarily a run option guy, but he had some movement to him. They just knew they knew, they just needed a backup. They they didn't really they what they probably thought there was the same as when they took Jimmy G. Who's the best option that we can train behind Brady? Get him a couple snaps in the preseason and the blowout games, and make him look good, and then trade him off for him a couple decent picks. What asset? What talent is the best one for that? Yeah, and they did it. They traded. I think. I think it was like a fourth round pick they got for him to go to or a third round pick they got for him to go to Indy when Luck retired. Yeah, yeah I think it was. Hey guys, want to keep up to date on all your sporting news? Head on over to our new website, sportsdividedsn.com and sign up for our emails. You'll get emails anytime there's new content created and posted on our website. We're looking to be your sports news provider. We promise to give you our best content about the teams you and we care about the most. Again, the website is sportsdividedsn.com. Go on over and check us out. But we'll move on. Uh, Only one real newsworthy thing to talk about in the NHL, and that is uh, Matthew Kachuk getting dealt to Florida. 
for I don't know what Bill Zito's thinking in Florida, giving up a guy who was in the MVP talk, scoring 115 points in Jonathan Huberdeau, and a defenseman who had 44 points in Mackenzie Weger, who is 28 years old and 29 years old, flipped Huberdeau's 29, Weger's 28, along with their number two rated prospect and a first round pick. The Florida Panthers do not have a first round pick until 2026. Kachuk then signs. Oh, so that's where Bowman went. All right, yeah, I was wondering. Okay. <laughs> Kachuk, Kachuk signed a uh, eight-year, seventy-six million-dollar extension. So this is the actual first ever sign and trade in NHL history, where the guy signed the con. He Kachuk signed with the Flames and then got traded five minutes after signing because that's the only way he could get the eight years. And he and he, he picked himself up a nice raise, moving to Florida. The guy's a unicorn in the game. <laughs> the guy's a unicorn in the game. He does stuff that nobody else in the game. Well, why do you? I, does. I you probably you probably were in mourning at that point. No, no, because you kind of started to hear the rumblings that Tree Living wouldn't really. So more and more is coming out. They said that the Blues offered Vladimir Tarasenko, Marco Scandala, and two first-round picks. Then there's a report. Well, Tarasenko was never never notified or asked about it to waive his trade. The I think what's happened here is that the Blues were only in it because everybody knew Kachuk wanted to go to St. Louis and Tree Living was never going to trade him to where Kachuk actually wanted to go. Well, and and the Blues uh, would not I mean, to, well, first of all, the Blues could never ma- match that package. That would have know, been it, that would it, yeah. The the, the best uh, the top scorer they would have uh, only scored 80 80 some points. Mm-hmm. Um, they would have had to given up uh, one of their top two defensemen. Um, and, and then a, a prospect and a first round, they're just not going to match that, uh, uh, deal. And so, you know, well, to, equal, point. Yeah, to equal point totals, they would have pretty much had to give up like Kairou and Buchnevich to equal Huberto plus giving up Tori Krug or Justin Falk or Pareko yeah. plus Jake neighbors or Zachary Bolduc and then a first round pick. Yeah. And then, you know, then you're, you're worried, even if you have Kachuk, so what? Because you've already lost Perron. Now you've given up all those guys, you know, Well, you're you're worse off. I think what it came down to is Kachuk wanted to come here. And he said, yeah, he was quoted today saying, yeah, don't think I didn't think about it. It would have been great. Now I'm happy to be in Florida. Obviously he's got to say he's happy to be in Florida. That's beside the point, but I don't think tree living ever actually gave him an opportunity to talk with the blues about an extension because tree living. If you look at the final teams that were in on it and it was reported that Nashville and Dallas were on his list along with Vegas. Well, the, the three teams that apparently were big pursuers were the hurricanes and Florida in the blues. And I, again, I think they're you, they use the blues to be able to up the ante of I don't think Tree Living was ever going to trade him to St. Louis. The only way Kachuk was going to be here in St. Louis was if he really stuck by his guns and said, I am not signing anywhere else. I don't care. I will play out the year here. I don't, I will rot and I will screw you guys over like Goudreau just did. Or you send me to wherever and you get nothing for me because I'm not Mm -hmm. signing. But at the same time, Kachuk's got to be smart. This is his one and only real chance for a payday. Because what if he goes out and all of a sudden gets a concussion or tears a knee yeah. and then he's never the same and he's never getting that money. Yeah. You know, 
No, you got to – for him, it was the right move, a smart move. And for the Blues, uh, yeah, I think you're right. I don't think the Blues were ever in it. And uh, Calgary was using them as a uh, essentially a bargaining chip. You know? I think they wanted to be in it. I yeah. think Calgary was never going to let them be in it. It would have – like Calgary, I could see the call being like Doug going, okay, Brad, what's the – who do you want? And him going – I want Perunovic, Kairu, Thomas, and two first, and otherwise we're not doing the deal. And then it's like, well, the whole point of bringing Kachuk here is to play with his buddy Thomas, so why the hell would we just do that? You know, like, mm. and I think, I I mean, that's what I truly Well, Calgary did themselves like. did well for themselves, though. You're saying, maybe, they, maybe. It, they had to give up who drove to begin with and stuff like that, so they're down, you know, they were down to begin with. But they're sitting in the same position because both Uyghur and Huberto are UFA after this coming year. And Huberto is turning 30, and he's a Quebec kid. You don't think Montreal is going to come calling for a guy who just put up 115 points to come join them in a year? Like, They they got Doc now. They don't need anybody else. Jonathan Huberto is – I actually would love to see the difference Florida's – like, I can't wait for the season to start to see how much worse, not because they got Kachuk, but worse because they got rid of Huberto that Florida's going to be this year. They got rid of two of their better players and Huberto and Uyghur. Yes, they still have Barkov, but I don't know. They, they lost a lot in that hmm. – and then to give up the prospect that's right on the cusp of joining the NHL when you already don't have the next three first-round picks and then yeah. another first-round pick, your cover is going to be pretty bare. You better win a cup to make it all worth it or you're going to be hurting. Now, I'll tell you one thing just to, you know, before we leave hockey. I got to watch some of the scrimmages online here streaming. They had the, the prospect scrimmages. And I got to watch a few of them. I'll tell you what, the kid they got that they took, Nazar, uh, where they, you know, they traded Dak. I know they, you know, right now, uh, if, uh, what's it, uh, the Athletic has got him in the top five as far as upper limits. It's not often you watch one of these scrimmages and you see somebody who is noticeably faster than everybody around him. I mean, just unbelievably quick as a center going to the University of Michigan. And uh, that's what they got for Kirby Dak. I think it won't be long before he's better than Dak at the same age at this point now. So I'm, I'm very happy with that pick. I, I watched a bunch of the other ones. And, you know, they, they look fine. But one of the other things that, that hit me was, you know, they announced that there's 11 Blackhawks trying to get on to the – in the world – in the world juniors – that those games aren't going to be played. That's yeah, right. but it, just to be named to the team, it, what what it you know what it does to me is I look at it. Uh, the top twenty prospects that they have, seven of them came from this draft. Will tell you how empty the cupboard was, you know, if you will, uh, you know, coming in and you you're able to walk seven guys into your top twenty. Well, that's you, also because they just decided not to resign some guys that should have been. That could yeah, still but those be guys You had to be under twenty-three. I mean, there was you know all the stuff that you know that was counted to be in the, in that top 
in the top, uh, you know, people that are there. They got Nazar. At last, got Nazar is number 26 in hockey. And Korshinsky is 30. Reichel is 41. He was the best guy we had left. He was the 41st prospect. That's not good. <laughs> so, I you see a little bit at least. Uh, but I, I think we're going to be happy with the return on Kirby Dock. But, so, uh, I'm going to cut this out, but, yeah, the whole World Junior thing, it's going to be a mess for a while. Yeah, because of Russia? No, it has nothing to do with Russia. Oh, is it Canada and the uh, there's about, sex scandal? Yeah, there's now four different Canadian teams that are being hit with this uh, different sex scandal things that have gone on. Oh, uh, okay. I haven't seen much on that. All right. I haven't heard about that at all. Yeah, like, yeah. man. I, 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 like I said, I'm going to cut it out. So. Well, you know, you know what? I take it back. I did, you know, they, they interviewed two, the two guys, the Hawks got from the Lightning. Uh, supposedly they weren't involved, but they wanted to know what they knew. So, yeah. Uh, well, they're, I mean, that's the thing. So all of the, like the only positive thing for me as a blues fan is that Jordan Cairo was not at the gala and Robert Thomas was there for the pictures and then was flying to St. Louis that night for camp. So neither of those guys were in hotel rooms when this all went down, but every guy is coming out saying they were not part of it. Didn't know anything about it. Somebody obviously did because they're they're saying there was eight eight players involved. So, you know, I don't yeah, know. that's right. And then there's now they're calling out the two down the two down three team, and there's speculation that the two thousand and thirteen team had something. I don't know. It's it's going to get ugly. And then there was something released today about the women's team from Canada. I don't, like there's. It's it's not gonna not gonna end well. And then there was there was also a report that Canada the Canada or hockey Canada is what they're called sets aside about six hundred thousand dollars a year to handle sexual assault scandals as payoffs. Just six hundred thousand for just just well, for the church churchville's. Just, just, just for the world. No, just for the world junior event. Oh, oh just for her. Not for like. Oh, okay. Just, no, just for the one. Just for event. the world. Yeah, just for the two and a half weeks that go on for the world juniors, wherever they're at. And this coincides with the team two years ago that had Montreal end up drafting the kid that recorded him and a Swedish girl having sex. And then posted it on Snapchat and other things, and you know, Canada's really winning this one. Idiots. Yeah, but but yeah, that's why. And then also the other thing with some of those numbers, because Dave, the Blues have been talking. The reason I mentioned it, the Blues have been talking about some of these like the beat writers hyping up other prospects, right? And being like, oh, this guy's going to play, maybe play in the world juniors. 
Well, that's because like some of these high level guys, like for us, uh, Jake neighbors or for like Montreal, the two kids from Slovakia or yeah, they're not going to play because the world juniors are happening a week before the NHL this year. If, if they happen because of the COVID shutdown in this past December. So I don't know those numbers on who's playing in world juniors that all these beat writers are trying to like hype up the somewhat smaller prospect. Like they're doing it for the blues too. And it's like, okay, that's fine. But this guy wouldn't have made the team in a normal year because he's a, he's a good prospect, but he's not a top flight guy. When I look at the the ones they're talking about for the Hawks, that one that stands out obviously is is Nazar and stuff like that. You know, he's averaging a point and a half a game. Well, yeah, so for him, it's a no-brainer, though, because college doesn't start until October anyway. So he's, you know. And the biggest, biggest, uh, really probably the biggest guy in our whole minor league system, as far as the future is concerned, is is Comesso really a goalie? Is he he the real deal or not? We'll find out this year at Boston. But you figure he's, he just turned 20. He's got, you know, he's got the one, uh, the one win on the under eighteen national team, and well, we could use, we could use a goalie to come up out of the, out of the ranks, and he's really the only one in the top seventy-five players. So it's him or nothing. So we'll hope. All right, we'll move on to. Uh... What has been the hottest topic in sports this week? And that is uh, where will Juan Soto end up? Any guesses? Anybody? Well, it won't be St. Louis. But according to every national article, they're the heavy favorites to get him. Well, San Diego's the favorite, supposedly. No, 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 no. They keep saying it's St. Louis. But I don't. I'm kind of with Keith. You know why St. Louis is the favorite? Because everybody knows they have the most prospects inside the top 100. So what does that do? Oh, it ups the ante, just like the Matthew Kachuk, St. Louis Blues connection. Yeah, but but the Cardinals, Moselak will never depart with his dear prospects, uh, especially but what Washington's looking for. The only thing is, is this would be one of those times that he does. Like, if you look at his history, it's for the guy, right? Yeah, if, if he's going to do it. Matt, this... Matt Holiday. Yeah. You know, Nolan Arenado. Like, luckily, they what they gave up for Arenado and Goldschmidt turned yeah. out to be nothing, because but they were highly ranked guys when they gave him up. Hmm. Um, well, supposedly now the way, uh, from the athletic and stuff, they want more guys who are at least at least have had a cup of coffee. That and that, you know, they're not looking for 17, 18 year olds. They want they want four guys that are top Ready flight to in. top flight prospects or have minimal service time. So yep. I actually put together two trades. Keith, you tell me if you would pull the trigger on either of these. Mm-hmm. Both of these because they are saying that Corbin would be a piece that the Nationals would want any team to take. Just to need a salary? Yeah. $60 million, yep. And the Cardinals just losing Stephen Matz to a uh, pull or torn MCL now have another 
you know, the rotation spot open. So what's the harm in taking Corbin? But the report is also that they, the Nationals may be willing to give some money to the team to help with the Corbin contract. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> not the Rockies, though. <laughs> so, well, they're not going to eat it all. <laughs> well, Soto's with the Rockies, you'd have a shot. So the number being thrown around that they are willing to maybe go to is 35 of the 71 left. So you could get th- maybe 35. That would probably mean you'd have to give up a little bit better of a pro- prospect haul. But so trade number one, you get Juan Soto and you get Patrick Corbin. You give up Jordan Walker, Matthew Libertor, Alec Burleson, Luke and Baker, and Tink Hentz. Yeah, I, I do that deal because, uh, I mean, any deal with uh, Walker and Wynn in it, uh, I don't do. Uh, I'd give up one of them, but not not both of them. I give up Walker before I give up Wynn. Yeah. <clears throat> Just because Wynn plays shortstop. Mm-hmm. I don't care if Walker becomes Miguel Cabrera, whatever. Yeah. You have enough bats. You don't – like, Mason Wynn could be the dynamic shortstop that you will not spend the money on. Yeah. Plain and simple. And my list of, like, guys, the, the big names that they're talking about giving up with, Dylan Carlson, Jordan Walker, Nolan Gorman, and Mason Wynn. The order of guys I would not give up in the order would be, or the way I would give them up, would I would give up Walker first. If I'm getting Soto, I'd give up Carlson second, then Nor- Nolan Gorman and Mason Wynn. So I would give up, Wynn would be the hardest one to get from. Then yeah, I think there's, the there's a combination one. with what the Cardinals have you know, on their major league roster and in the minors, uh, you know, prospects that it can be done. It just gets back to whether, um, you know, Mosellock will do it. And I agree with you. If, if he's going to do something like this, this is, this is it. This is the prime opportunity. You got Wainwright and uh, Molina in their last years. Um, I mean, uh, Pujols and Molina, maybe Wainwright. Um, you know, you got uh, Arenado and Goldschmidt. Ar- Arenado, you pretty much promised him, hey, we're going to go for it. Mm-hmm. And you can't sit on your hands. Uh, well, you know, so if you're going to do it, you know, go big. And you're getting a guy who's 23. And there was an article re- written in Chicago, I'm sure Dave saw it by <clears throat> Bleacher Report, that said, hell is Soto going to the Cardinals? Mm-hmm. Meaning it's Albert Pujols 2.0 for a long, long time if he resigns. Yeah, it's, with because, one, it's just an, an elite player you have to deal yes. with every year. I, There's one other guy that's elite that has started to rumor that his name might be out there for a trade that we'll get into in a little bit that would really be the Mosellock move, but we'll, we'll talk about it here in a second. The second trade, you're getting still Soto and Corbin, but you're keeping Walker – because you're giving up Dylan Carlson, Michael McGreevy, Tink Hens, and Luke and Baker. So, and I should have said this earlier. So just so Dave and Matt know. So Jordan Walker is the Cardinals' number one prospect. Matthew Libertor is their number two. Alec Burleson is eight. And Luke and Baker is 12. Tink Hens is nine. Callum McGreevy is a guy they drafted this past year who's number seven. So these are all guys in, outside <coughs> – their top, their top twelve or better prospects in the. In I'm these from an organization like the Cardinals. That I think that 
that have set their top seven guys are inside the top 100. And that does not count Dylan Carlson, who's 23. That does not count Nolan Gorman anymore, who's 20. That, that holds or 21. And some other organizations as well. I mean, just, I mean, I'm not a GM, obviously, but um, if it wasn't, maybe I'm not. no, but if I, you know, it's, it, I think coming from like a car, organization like the Cardinals or the Twins or, you know, I mean, throw the Yankees in there, but they, you know, I think they, the Dodgers, because all of their prospects seem to hit. Yeah. I mean, it's just mean a little bit more, I think, throughout the, the baseball world than other organizations. So it's, well, especially when you look at, when it says that, because they're just, you know, they could be baseball prospects could be anything, you know, it's like you never know. Well, it's, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Like the, the, the trades that nobody remembers the Cardinals making are the ones where they got Goldschmidt and Arenado, where they gave up almost nothing. The ones here in St. Louis, the ones they remember is us giving up Randy Rosarena for Herrera and Libertor, or us giving up Sandy Alcantara and Zach Gallen for Marcelo Zuna. You know. Well, like, yeah, everybody's got those trades. Yeah, but, but, yeah. but this is why this is like, it's just like the sticking point of like these Cardinals fans are like, well, we don't want to have another trade that we love. Well, you lost two, but you won two because you gave up absolutely nothing for the two best players on your roster. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, like, I mean, that, that just happens. I mean, you know, well, uh, who's, we yeah, can who, all... says, who says Sandy Alcantara becomes Sandy Alcantara if he's here in St. Louis? Mm-hmm. Or yeah. if you gave up Jack Flaherty instead, who says <laughs> Jack Flaherty isn't down there doing what Sandy Alcantara is doing and Sandy Alcantara isn't Jack Flaherty hurt? Like, yeah. or, you know, James Shields, he had another good year in him, right? We could have kept. Traded him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, straight up for, for, <laughs> for Fernando Tatis. Yeah, straight up. You know, big game James coming on. Yeah. <laughs> don't you think, don't you think if you were, uh, was it Williams at the time? Yeah, Kenny Williams, yeah. Wouldn't you think if you're Kenny Williams and the Padres said, yeah, we'll just take Tatis straight up, that that should have been a red flag, like, Hey, maybe something's up with James Shields. Maybe I want to take a little look at this guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One with <laughs> and So, Matt, what were you, were you just going to – earlier before I read off that second trade, were you just going to make the comment about the prospects? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But, you know, I don't know. Just do I think the Cardinals pull the trigger? I'm at, like, 50-50. I, I could see it easily happening because – it's the this is the move that Mo makes because he did it with Ozuna, he did it with Hayward, he did it with you know Goldschmidt, Arenado. I well, also, and if he doesn't do it, uh, you know, uh, Arenado uh, may opt out. You know, he may say, well, "Hey, look." But so if Soto doesn't get traded, then I think that's a different set of to- talking points because all of those trades I mentioned happened off season not mid-season. The only time he's made a big splash mid-season was Matt Holiday. Oh, so your trade proposals are, this is not. No, no, I'm just week. saying, no, this could be the next week, but I'm yeah. saying, so if Soto ends up going somewhere else before the off season, mm-hmm. then maybe what you're talking about with Arenado comes into play. If the, cause they, the nationals can hold on to him for technically two more years before they right. really need to move him, Right. Yeah. If they hold on to him through this trade deadline, then I think that's a different talking point to Nolan Arenado, where you're like, "No, stay here because we're working on this. It's yeah. still it, 
this yeah. is where it left off at the deadline. We just couldn't get it done. You know, now we have yeah. this little extra time, you know, that type of spin. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But again, that's why I'm 50 50, because those type of moves are moves that Mo makes in the offseason, not in, in well, the season. The reason I said everything's going to get interesting is you look around and you figure the Braves are going to be without Duval now for the rest of the season. Tampa Bay just lost their catcher and an outfielder, you know, out of their starting lineup. Uh, so there's some teams out there. I, when you ask me to put together something, I looked at, you know, the stuff for the Cubs and really, I, I don't, you know, I don't know that they have everything they'll take to get it done. And if they do, it's going to leave the cupboard where it was not that long ago. And, and again, it's a generational player. I get it. But, you know, they, right now they need more of the prospects than, than a lot of the other teams do to be competitive. If you take them all off and you put him out here, uh, yeah, it's gonna be fun to watch, but I don't know where I don't know I don't know where it goes at that point because they're gonna take they're gonna take Horner, you know, without question off your team. So you're, you know, the best young player you have on your team is gonna be gone. They may want Morrell. They're gonna want Brennan Davis from what that was here, and that's a guy that I, I give up because I have this bad feeling about Brennan Davis being the next. You know, he's gonna be everything that's here. And he never plays because he's hurt all of that. And so, uh, so that's, you know, it's, it's there. So I, I, I don't even, I don't hold on any hope for Soto coming here. I think he's going to the Yankees. Yeah, I don't think. Oh, this year? Uh-huh. They already talked the, the Yankees <clears throat> pulled their top two prospects off the field yesterday after the sixth inning, and they're not playing today. That's interesting. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think that's for – him, I think that's well, it could be Contreras. <laughs> I think it's for Luis Castillo from the Reds. Mm. Yeah, I mean, any, it's all anybody now at this time. But if you if the Yankees put in the face, it doesn't matter if their payroll is 290 or 320, they don't care. The Yankees are the, there's two guys, there's three guys that the Nationals wanted from the Yankees, and they already said no, they're not. They wanted Nestor and they wanted. Glabor and they wanted their number one prospect and the Yankees said we're no you're not getting two guys off our regular roster the, the Mets kind of said the same thing the Mets pretty much said we'll just wait till he's a free agent and we'll sign him then it's pretty much what the Mets said to them uh, but if, it, if the Mets the Mets on the south is wherever he goes he's not going to be a free agent to you they're going to be extended mm. he won't be extended where he is if he, if he's no but he's He's also a Scott Boris client, so I would not I would not say he would be unless it's a done deal before the trade's made. I wouldn't guarantee you that he resigns where he's oh, at without hitting the market. Well, here's what I think happens to him. He's a Scott Boris guy, so he's gonna sign an ex, you know an extension, but it's not gonna be an eight-year extension. It's gonna be more like a four or five year extension, so he has another payday. No, but why? Because then that's that puts him at 30. No, he's he's gonna be because he's a, done with his arbitration rights at 25. So he's oh. that's where he's you know so like he's just not gonna resign. He's gonna hit free agency and he's gonna look for that 10 year deal at 30, at 25. That's I mean that's the Scott that's with him. It's kind of like the Cardinals did with Matt Holiday what they had going on or you know that's I don't I just I don't think he's – unless it's a team that he 100% wants to be at, 
I don't think he resigns with the trade, which might mean he doesn't get traded until the offseason because well, well that's entirely that's entirely yeah. possible. Yeah, with the Cardinals trade knowing it's just three years, you know, would you trade that amount of capital? Yes. The Cardinals, yes, because they have it. Yeah, and, and you're 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 there. I mean, you're right there. That's the thing. Yeah. And maybe you sweeten it, maybe as well. I mean, you knowing it's got an end, you know, you're you're trading away players that could be the fran- you know, the cornerstone of your franchise in two, three years to get a guy that's going to be there for two or three years and then it's gone and now you're... But you're getting a two and a half years of Soto, Arenado, and Goldsmith back to back to back. Well, yeah, I was that's say, a pretty unique that's opportunity. Pretty, that's pretty frightening. But so here's the thing, too. Is if it's all worth it, right? Jordan, Jordan Walker is a third baseman. Is he going to play over Nolan Arenado? No, but... Yeah. but <laughs> Nolan and is he is he around for the long term? You know, I don't know. I mean, Arenado. I I know they say he could. I don't think Arenado opts out no matter what goes on after this year, just because I think he truly loves the way the Cardinal operation works. Like that, it, the money uh, he talks, and he's know, also yeah. he's also he's also not going to make more money than what he's making right now. He's getting paid right. thirty two. Yeah. No, he's in, he's in a great situation. He's, he's going to be with a contender. Uh, Holiday yeah. can sold him on St. Louis. And, yeah. uh, now, now unless, unless Moselec just does or does or doesn't do uh, something, you know, really uh, goofy, you know, to sour him on the situation. Like, like trade the NL MVP, Paul Goldschmidt, for some reason or something like that. Yeah, yeah, if he does something, you know, crazy. But, uh, yeah. Now, granted, it's always there. I just don't think it happens because if you look at the big market teams, no, like, who would really give them money? Padres have their third baseman. Dodgers, you know, they have other fish to worry about right now and Turner and all them coming up. You know, and I think he's made comments that he would – he's not <laughs> – look not – doesn't have any thoughts about opting out and, you know, anything like that. But while we're on the topic of Nolan Arenado, uh, what happens to a baseball team if the Toronto Blue Jays make it to the World Series? Because mm-hmm. the Cardinals are going up there to play two without Austin Ro- big catching pro or big catching guy Austin Romine. He doesn't really matter, but also without Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado because they're unvaxxed. Well, yeah, and yeah, a couple scenarios there. Yeah, one one is, uh, uh, you know, if you if you miss the play, if you miss the wild card spot, or if you miss winning the division uh, by one game, and that you know affects your well. Of course, if you don't make the wild card, you don't make playoffs. But uh, you know, if you don't win the division by one game, you know, then you're in the wild card uh, game. Or if you you win and then you get to the World Series and you're <laughs> you're playing the Blue Jays. And oh, sorry, we got to leave uh, Goldschmidt and Arenado back in St. Louis. Is Toronto all vexed? They have to be because yeah. the yeah, same, I, I figured the, they were right. They have to be to be able to work to go up there. Right. You have to to cross the border. You have to mm-hmm. be so yes. They always they have to be, and technically they have to be vaxxed to come to America. So home although field, what I read home field was, advantage is a real advantage this year. Yeah, this year. Now, what I read, though, was that uh, now Goldschmidt didn't say this, but uh, apparently Arenado, uh, if it came to that, then 
they need to get vaccinated. <laughs> so, well, so, so that makes no sense. That, that, no, no. Kansas City said the same thing. In the offseason or something, didn't he do it for spring training or something? What? Anthony Rizzo just got vaccinated recently. Well, that was, yeah, because he was going to be spending 12 games up there. Yeah, right. Cause it was and they lose, they don't get paid. So that's the one thing. So Rizzo missing 12 games of pay. But so the whole thing, Aaron Otto came out and said, he said, my doctors advised me not to do it because me and my wife have been trying to have kids the past few months. And they said it can affect it. So. No, no, that, that I did that, not. Uh, that I is not why, read. that is why he has did not. And Paul Goldschmidt just came out and said, my doctor told me not to get it. He said, there's too many people that he had seen got it, that it took a, worse effect than them not getting it than them actually getting covid so i just decided not to get not to get except for the dying part <laughs> yeah i spent too much and i almost not being able to walk but you and know so. the real issue though is is like hey, going back to the covid thing but the only people that they're hurting is themselves right because well you're technically hurting your team but if you get if you get the vaccine or you don't get the vaccine, you can still carry the virus and transfer. That's the thing. This is the thing is is matter. It doesn't make you not you know not uh, being able to infect somebody else. But not only that, like this is not going anywhere. So like, yeah, Toronto or Detroit or Canada, you're really going to make anybody that comes in there, no matter what they're coming for, be fully like. It's just, the monkey pack like it just doesn't make sense. Like it's not going in, like it's I don't know. Yeah. Being vaxxed, like you guys said, doesn't matter about carrying it or not. You can still give it to somebody. So then guess what? Just tell them, hey, guess what? You guys, since you are unvaxxed, are coming in this car, you're staying in this exact room in this bubble the whole time you're going to the stadium, and that's it. Yeah. Like hockey, like hockey did with the bubble. Yeah. Just before, during, and after. You know, yeah. That's it. That's end of story. That's they got plenty of money. They can do it. It's it's. I feel like it's a it's a push for the vaccinations. Which if you don't want to do it, I don't think you should have to do it. And then there was just real one boneheaded move by the Cardinals where they let uh, Johan Oviedo's uh, passport expire, so he won't also be joining the Cardinals in Toronto. <laughs> or maybe Johan Oviedo let his passport expire. <laughs> well. <laughs> I know, um, I know. They have people who are, yeah, they have a traveling secretary. No, 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 no. For that sort of thing. So he is Cuban. So I'm wondering if there's something more to it. Like maybe Cuba wouldn't renew it because he's technically he defected from Cuba when he was like 17 to come to the States. So I'm wondering if he just, because he's only like 26. So his however long 10 year passport was still in effect. And which is 34 in Cuba years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 29. But, but yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, so like is that really on them in the Cardinals, or is there something else going on with yeah, it's probably probably a little bit of both. Yeah, a little political stance of not really I mean, because because you know that the Cardinals uh they they know the deal with that all that stuff. Oh, I guarantee it. Like they were talking about it on the radio show here in St. Louis. Jamie Rivers, who played in the NHL for 12, 15 something years like that. And he said that day one of training camp, every single year in the NHL, they took your passport, they made a digital copy of it and gave it back to you. And if it was going to expire within the year, they took care of it to make sure it got expedited yeah. within three days to be finished. Yeah. Yeah, 
they take care of all all yeah. those things. Do you you know so players don't have to worry about it? Customs and all. So that's yeah. you know, it just is weird. Hey fans, I know you like what you hear, so do us a favor, hit that plus button and subscribe to our podcast. We're available anywhere podcasts are found. You can also support us by following us on Twitter and Instagram with the handles Sports Divided. So we'll move on to uh, one of the funner topics that we were going to talk about. So the question I have for Matt before we get into our one trade proposal that we think realistically could happen. Mm-hmm. If you're the White Sox and we'll just, we'll just say the St. Louis Cardinals call and say, we will give you Alec Burleson, our number eight prospect and Matthew Libertor, our number two left-handed pitching prospect for Lucas Giolito. Are you saying yes? Ooh, yikes. Um, uh, so, no. No, they won't. They can't. They can't. That's like Burleson, a, uh... Burleson is 23. He's a left-handed bat. He uh, hits 338 in Memphis, which is AAA. With a 554 slug, a 933 OPS. He's got 110 hits already this year. Uh, what position is he? Seven, outfield, 17 RBIs, one triple, or 17 doubles, one triple, 17 home runs, 69 RBIs. Is a left handed bat? Left handed throwing, left handed bat, outfield. Does, does white flag trade mean anything to anybody? Right. That's the that's not my I was exactly what I was gonna say. Is I just I but is Giolito resigning anyways? So you might as well get something for him. Just because they this have this is the whole Jack Flaherty. This is the whole Jack Flaherty argument. He's just not healthy. Just because they had no, I, I don't know. Veil arbitration tip doesn't mean that he's not gonna resign. I don't there's no way that there's no way that's gonna happen. You're no. also getting a left-handed pitcher that's uh oh, 20, 22 years old. I know, and and it, yeah, but you also have how old is Lucas Giolito? I mean, he's got to be 26, 27, how, how much, right? Let's ask this question: How much is Giolito going to get on the open market? Twenty-five coming, coming off this season that he's on right now. Yeah, yeah it's eight. not pretty. Eight. Yeah, not pretty. Not pretty. He's not going to get much of a bump from his. What's he at right now? Yeah. Five fit, five five or something like that through arbitration. Not it's not. He had have a really good year. I don't know. I, I they I moved Rodon because they weren't going to pay him. They didn't move Rodon. Well, they they they, they, they let him they let him go. Yeah, they re, they let him go, and I think a lot of that had to do with his injury history. All right. Yes. Great pitcher, but he's not a, a great pitcher for the long haul. He's not one to just hook your wagons to and expect you know year after year he's going to give you. 200 innings, it's just not going to well, well, no pitcher is. I mean, that's uh, yeah, at, at that point, I mean, if, if, you're, if that's the qualifications and every pitcher in baseball is probably out uh, because there are, everybody's looked at, with the exception of a handful, like yeah. Scherzer or something, like looked at, you know, yeah. you know, at least Tommy John surgery, if nothing else. But mm-hmm. look at your Rhode Island's having this year, he's going to be out of free agent market again. Mm-hmm. And so that, what, I mean, no, what's, the, what's the most, Brian Storrs ever paid for a pitcher? Oh, it was uh, John Danks. I don't know how much that was. It wasn't that much. That's what he, he said. Back to the white flag thing. 
They don't give them. I'm not paying for pitching and stuff like that. That's and if you don't do that, no, honestly, they don't give more than four years. And the, the big thing about that is it's it's I feel like it's worked on their favor more than it's not. However, except for Mark Burley. How how many how many pennants is that? It sucks because exactly you don't ever get to have that. So they'll be a they'll be a good in-season team, although they, they, they for the first time in history they they had back-to-back years where they made the playoffs. The problem is it's going to make you a decent team during the year. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that big name pitcher, you come playoffs. Yep. You know who I think you know who I think they will open the the, the checkbook for? Dylan Cease. Because they, they should the guy's a monster. They should. The guy is a monster and he is but they're in love with Kopech overseas. And he has got the game together and he should have been in the all-star game. Yeah, he should have. Huge snuff and amazing pitcher. So I, I think they will open it for Dylan Seas. Uh Lucas Giolito. It's 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 a question because yes, he's good, but yes, he's not good. Also, you know, and I, and I feel like Dylan Cease was had that mo about him where yeah, he puts together four or five good innings, and then that sixth inning he just gets blown up. Well, no, he's figured it out, and he knows his stuff is literally that good. Where I feel like Lucas Giolito figured it out, and now he's kind of regressed a little bit. So I don't know. It, it's it's tough. However, back to your point, Rick, the White Sox aren't going to trade Lucas Giolito right now. It's not. It's not going to happen. No, I'm just. So, I'm saying, would that entertain? Would you, if you're going to get uh, two decent? You know. Yeah, it's good, but, you, what, but what does it do for us? Uh, I don't think Libertars. I don't think Libertars earned that right yet. It kind of. It kind of. Yeah, look at what he's done since he came up. Yeah, it's yeah, he's got he got the potential without question. Yeah, Sox are a pennant race. They they get the easiest for that. It's not like you're beating a dead horse, but they have the easiest record in baseball the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Now we've said that four weeks in a row, and they're still exactly where they were four weeks ago. Right. Yeah, uh, which is a which is a major problem that they're not gaining anything. No. By playing weak teams, I mean, and they were at home. You know, of course, their home record is a losing record. Makes no sense. Right? The home record is losing, but I think the way is is, is a winning record. So I, it makes no sense. I don't know. The way it's and I t- I text my dad as soon as they lost the second game to the the Guardians after the the All Star break. Are the are the White Sox the most frustrating team in L- Major League Baseball to watch? Yeah, they are 100. And he sent this blank brain blowing emoji back because it's like I I don't I don't know what to. do. What to make of them? You know, it's like well, it's Frank Tom- really good. they just start doing something bad. It's just painful. Well, what Frank Thomas was talking about during the, the weekend or so, if you caught any of his talk on, on baseball, he did talk about Ozzy. And, you know, in fact, Ozzy may have some other reasons for saying some of the stuff he says and stuff. But Frank doesn't believe there's a leader in that dugout. And I, and I think that's you look, you look around. Uh, I mean, everybody likes to point to Anderson, and if you're looking for the guy who can throw the bat the farthest, he's the guy. But you know, he's been moping around for how long? He's having an awful year defensively, mm-hmm. and so uh, he's not a leader. Uh, you don't, you don't have that. That guy's just gonna go kick somebody like Lester, you know, or God help us, Lackey. When we got Lackey from the Cardinals, the man was a lunatic, yeah. but he was a, a lunatic that helped the rest of the team. David Ross was that guy in 16, you know, quite frankly, who could, 
who can go out and, and basically, you know, tell Lester what to do and not, you know, not be decapitated. And so uh, they need some, I don't know where that leadership comes from uh, at, at that point. I, yeah, I don't know. A lot of nice players. I think it was last year. I think it was Jose. Lance, it's Lance Lynn. Well, it was last year too, for sure. Lance Lynn just hasn't wasn't around in the start of the year, and by the time he got around the team, it was the mood was already set from Tim Anderson. Yeah. We had this talk last year or last week. Lance Lynn just had so he's had some pretty rough games. So I think I don't know maybe his head's not in it. Maybe he's not totally back to himself. His last game was a really good outing. So I think things are going to change. Um, I know Jose Abreu last year was on the old uh, MVP run. He was doing all that, you know, so there, there was, there was a different energy last year than there is this year. But I think if I truly believe this, this second half is going to be a little different than the first half. Yeah. And the booing at the stadium, which is, you know, you've got between, between the score and everybody else rounding that up. I, I mean, the thing they've got to look at is with their window, you know, which they're halfway into, so if they don't win at least their division this year, you got to look at almost blowing up some of this thing. And and let me tell you what, if they if they go out, if they go one and out, if they go to Houston and get their ass handed to them again, you got to change. You can't change one guy. You're gonna you yeah. have to change a lot. We got a little while till Houston, so hopefully that uh, we get our get our footing here. You know, one of the things that, you know, I, this this was maybe a little more wishful thinking than anything, but. Um, Yohan Makata, maybe he could be a, a trade piece for this Juan Soto guy. Not that the White Sox will ever entertain that because I know they'll never, I won't say never because they, they were in on the Bryce Harper and the Manny Machado race. And, and where, do you, where do you play Juan Soto? Because then that means you don't play Gavin Sheets and you don't play Andrew Vaughn. Sheets will be part of the trade. I mean, that Gavin yeah, Sheets is gone. What do you mean? Gavin yeah, yeah, Sheets isn't. Gavin yeah, Sheets makes enough errors in the outfield. He makes more than shortstops. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm saying the first, just the first thing is you want Makata as your, as your trade piece. I don't know. But, but what, value, what, Vaughn? what value does Juan Makata have for right now? Like the guys. He's, he's a major league player, the switch hitter. And he but he doesn't have the he, thing. What back to the point is they want minimal service time. He doesn't have minimal service time. He's been yeah, in the league for what five years. But they wanted major league players though too. But with little with little service they want time. Club control for yeah. four or five years. And Mar- Mancata's come. That's why Carlson is so appealing to them because he only came up in 2020. So he still has five years of club control. Juan would be Juan would be the guy they want right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you give depending on. I mean, I, I quite frankly, I think he's one of the better players that they have. You know who else? You know who else they'd want right off the bat? Dylan Cease. Well, could, well, could be. Yeah, that would be that would be their because because your guys' farm system is 29th. So the talking point would be Vaughn Cease. Oh, it's and, everybody that's on there. Nobody from the farm system. Yeah. I heard him talking on the radio, and they were talking. They were talking about four guys out of the Sox farm system. Well, you got no, you got nobody in the top one hundred. They're not. They're not looking at those guys. They wanted those, the guys that have proven something. You know, I think I think Vaughn is one of them. And how old is Cease now? Because he bounced around the Cubs for a while. I mean, looking, he, he was one of those guys when he was in the minor leagues with the Cubs. I mean, when they brought him up, he had the same killer stuff. 
He just couldn't control like he does now. Dylan Cease is 26. He turns 27 in December. So he's still pretty young. Yeah. But, yeah, that would be – I mean, again, they the, the Sox don't exactly have a lot of – No, it's, it's already up here. It's in blue, Chicago. Blue, but even, you know, they don't even have anybody that's low-end considered a high, high-end prospect. You know, so oh yeah, it was Robert. But but he's there. I'm saying like nobody even in like oh, high, no, high A or anything. You no. know. Well, they have nobody in the top 100. So I mean, it's it's not gonna not gonna buy you a bunch. But um, we'll move on to our trade proposals. Uh, let's see. So. Matt, are you okay? You're back. Are you there? Yeah, yeah, we're there. You, you got us. Yeah, something. Yeah, it just froze. I don't know. Yeah, you, yeah it totally froze. froze. What? Yeah, you, what? <laughs> that was it. So yeah, I got too much going. So what we were just saying was nobody, nobody in the Sox farm system. It's all got to come from their rosters. So like, no, yeah, that, it's, it's not. It's not going to happen. I, well, I for them, the, the trade is pointless because you're giving up too much ready-made talent, and you're hurting your lineup and your roster way too much. Then you create holes that you have to bring up guys from. I would agree. The yeah. miners that don't. It's absolutely, it, it was it was just talk. If you could give it's up, never going to happen. If you could give up two guys from your roster to get them in some minor league, that would be worth it. That, but if you have to give up four. Mm-hmm. No, I know the White Sox will never be in on that. And the thing is, is I don't even know if they, if they were to trade for a guy like that, would they even entertain the idea to resign him for half a billion dollars? That's probably a big bet, no. So, um, which is unfortunate, but yeah, it's it's it was just uh, well, yeah. I mean, uh, Ryan uh, Ryan uh, only paid Jordan thirty nine million dollars over his career. How's he going to give somebody that in a year? <laughs> No, he, but, well, he, uh, there was, he was getting, what, 40 some million, wasn't he? I don't think so. But the, last, the last couple of years, Jordan made 30 mil each year. Yeah. Yeah. But he, so, he, he jumped from a lot lower than that. So we'll move on. So we'll start our trade proposals with the, we'll let Matt go first since we just spent a lot of time talking about the Sox. So, Matt, yeah. you're, 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 uh, GM for the day for the Sox, what realistic trade are you making right now? So if I know the White Sox as well as I do, and I, I think I, I think I do. Low-hanging fruit coming? Yeah. Maybe a Dallas Keuchel trade back? Uh, yeah. Oh, no. You know the trade? He got, he got DFA'd from, I know. from one of the worst teams in the league. So I guess it kind of justified the move, maybe. I don't know. But – there's maybe 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 not such low hanging fruit, but one of them that could be. And this is gonna sound stupid, but bringing Jose Quintana back, a left handed starter. I mean, we need a little. So we need some innings. We just definitely. It would be nice to bring a top tier starting pitcher. I just don't know that it's even possible with the team and and the prospects we have. Um, and I don't even know that really a top tier starting pitcher is, is 
available at this point to bring back in at the trade deadline. Cause I think there's so many teams that are in it that it's not, you know, what, you know, Castillo. But, so I, what are you, what are you giving up for Katana? Not a whole lot, you know, just like, like I said, there's a couple prospects. You're dealing with Pittsburgh. You might be able to get them straight up for say a uh, Gavin, Gavin Sheets or an Andrew Vaughn straight up one for oh. one. Absolutely not even. There's no way that that's going to happen. No. Why? We're talking like pro- – because he's – there's no way – they're not gonna, not that much. That's way too much. No, it's not. It's a, if one-for-one one trade, that's even. Andrew Vaughn for Jose Quintana. I wouldn't do Vaughn. I'd consider Sheets, though. Absolutely not. I don't think Sheets has got any future. Okay, maybe Sheets, but I'm, I'm thinking more like, you know, some, some – lower level prospects. I don't think Pittsburgh is going to be asking too much for a guy like Jose Quintana. I don't, that's what he's control. He's Quintana's got one more year on his deal. I don't think it's a one-year deal. That's why they'd want probably the White Sox trading him to the Cubs and getting Dylan Cease and Eloy Jimenez because he had uh, a a couple of years of control that, that, that was a policing, but this is uh, not, he's nowhere near what he used to be. I don't even think his stats are that good this year. I mean, they're okay. He can be a left-handed starter. He gets you some innings. Keep Michael Kopech. He's five innings. He's five innings. Yeah, keep Michael Kopech flush for the for the playoff run, and then you got your four starters as you get there. So would you give up? Would you give up Gavin Sheets and your only prospect inside the top one hundred in a shortstop named uh, Colson Montgomery? He's ranked ninety-one. He's your number one prospect. Ooh, is that really? See, I don't even know that I give up that much. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. That, that Probably not. Right. I don't think I'd even, I don't think I'd even entertain it. What, but what is, what does he do for your roster? He's 20 years old. You have Tim Anderson locked up for how long playing shortstop? Yeah. You got to give up something if you want. And, and at 91, at least he's a good prospect, but there's, there's Magnus, a hundred other good prospects. He, there's no guarantee of anybody down there really. See, I, I don't really see it. I would, I would never do it for Vaughn. I would, no. no but. Absolutely not, no. I mean, maybe he'd be a Gavin Sheets, but the only problem with giving up Gavin Sheets is the fact that he's our one of our only power left-handed hitters that is on the major league roster right now. So what, could, could we give him up? Yeah, I, I, don't think I'd, I don't think I'd be too heartbroken if we did. Now, let me, let me jump to my second trade, and this, this might be make a little more sense. Maybe we trade Gavin Sheets for, for this guy, but um, Ian Happ over the Crosstown Rivals. Uh, we go pick up Ian Happ, little outfielder, left-handed bat. Uh, he's right-handed. He's right-handed? Switch. He's switch hitter. Yeah. So you get Ian Happ, and maybe you give up you know, a, low, a, a Micker Adolfo. See, this is what the White Sox do. You know, yeah, they, they want an all-star, and they, and they want to give you the guy whose baseball card you put in the spokes of your bike. You know what I mean? It's, that's the problem. Is well, but, but the thing is, is you're in, you're in a position right now where what does holding on to him get you anything? He's, he's 27 years old. The Cubs, I'm telling you now, yeah. the Cubs are two years away from being extremely competitive because of the money he'll spend. Okay. So they got two years. Half wants to be here. Yeah. That doesn't. Do, I mean, that, that's talk, though. That's talk. Like players are not going to say, 
I don't want to be a Chicago Cub. Like, yeah, yeah. So nobody would say that. Yeah, he would sign an extension tomorrow. So Contreras is going to get traded. Yeah, because it's guaranteed. It's guaranteed money. He'd sign the extension. Like that's right. Yeah. You know, Contreras is going to get traded. Ian Happ's going to get traded, and um, David Robertson is going to get yeah. traded. Yeah, and you got another year. Well, got, a, got another year of control, and you're going to give up some bum and expect the team to be happy with that. I mean, that's not that's the overvalue of some of the players is is kind of a, it's just. It's an amazing thing, and well, but I mean, that's where we are. Overvaluing works. Over, overvaluing works works every single way. No, nobody ever gets like no fan base when they're trading a player gets what they think they should get for him, and nobody wants to give up what they think they should. Everybody thinks they should be able to give up less than they give up. That's some, just sometimes you have to give up somebody though. It, it, I know, no, but I'm just I'm just speaking to the point of over, give up labor tours, not because they wanted to. But because the guy they traded for got him a World Series. Yeah, he was gone the next year, but I'll swap that World Series ready for Glaber Torres every time you want to do it. Hey, the White Sox yeah. gave up Nick Madrigal to get from you. Can have, you can have Madrigal back anytime you'd like him. <laughs> you weren't singing that tune when the trade happened. So don't. He, don't. he hasn't hit since, though. I understand. He but he, he was, that injury was worse than. He's a that great injury was way worse than anybody thought. And, he, he, at the time of the trade, it was one of those that was like, uh, okay. Yeah. I'm still going to be happy with Hoyer. Yeah. and Hoyer's, 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 Hoyer's going to be a decent pitcher. Right. Mandrigal's a, a no-power, good second baseman. Yeah. He'd, he'd be the best second baseman out of the Sox. Yeah. Yeah. But Matt, I'll come back did, and get him. Who did, who, did, who, did you say for, who did you say for Hap? Uh, Micker Adolfo. We'll do Mick Rodolfo and Gavin Sheets. There you go. You got you got a major league player, plus you got a guy that's a, a, a prospect. So the thing about it, the Cubs beat, I mean, Gavin, you're looking, you're looking the right fielder. Is he better than Suzuki? I don't think you understand that you're in No, a, but Suzuki can play center. Or le- Gavin Sheets can play left. That, you, Pete, Crow Arms, Pete Crow Armstrong will be in center when the season opens next year. Nah, I wouldn't say next year. He's got shoulder issues. He's still a year, another year yeah. away. You see what he's hitting? Yeah, but you see what he's hitting? And they say he could be the gold glove center fielder today. Dave, he's in high A. He's not gonna jump to the majors. That that's what I'm saying. No, he's, he's got he's got at least two more years until he's there. He's because he's, he's in he's high A. All right, so he's got a year and a half. He was in the futures game. Brennan Davis you know should be healthy by next year, but I won't count on it. So you got half, you got half and left, and Suzuki and right. I, Gavin Sheets doesn't have any more on the Sox on the Cubs. Gavin Sheets can also play first base. He's so is the guy that so is the guy that just promoted to Triple A, who's slashing three seventy and a thousand something at OBS. He left-handed. Yes. The Cubs, the, the, the players are there. It's. They're a year away, a year or two away. Christian Hernandez is two, two plus away. But you know those players are coming. As they'd have to be somebody that could be better than what we have. There's not a third baseman in the system I like that much anywhere and stuff like that. That would be a, a position. And obviously, if they trade Contreras, 
you got a big hole of catcher. Yeah, huge hole of catcher. Not yeah. Huge. Which is why they're looking at San Diego on that trade because San Diego's willing to give up their number three prospect who's a catcher. Yeah. So, I mean, Gomes is, Gomes is fine to play day to day, but he's that Gomes is that answer. <laughs> so, uh, no, and then you got you got a pitching question too. I mean, you don't you don't have. I mean, you got a couple of young guys, but that, I don't know if that really. Well, Dylan Cease was a young guy not long ago. So was Giolito. So was Kopech. I yeah. mean, you, you got to start. To, you look at the three guys that they, the two starters and the one reliever they have that are twenty-two or less. Mm-hmm. And don't forget, you got a guy who will actually write a check for pitching that's out there. Now, I don't know who's going to be available. That's the problem. You can only you can only go out and bid and buy somebody if they're available, right? And if they, I, I, and I don't I don't know nobody knows who's going to be available exactly, but I mean Correa was out there too. I thought the White Sox or the Cubs were going to get him, but it didn't work out. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have worked out this year for what they what they wanted. Correa is available again this year. Yeah, I don't know. He hasn't even been that good. Has he? He's been all right. He's he, you know, it's. For the amount of money he's being paid, though, well, I'll see. His, his, his slash numbers are, are way behind Horner's, and you know, and he makes eighteen times as much. You know, so I mean, it's I don't know about Correa. He may be right for that amount of money. You got to lock it up, and they got like that. That you know, yeah. And Houston was nice, and you got all that everybody surrounding you. Then you go to Minnesota, and it's like you're the one man band. Um, he, I mean, he's been a good player this year for looking at his numbers. He hasn't been a great player, right? Yeah, right. so, you, know, you may you may have dodged the bullet on that one. It's possible. Yeah, we'll see. So I mean, I don't know. for my eyes, those are the White Sox needs. We need some bullpen help too. But I mean, you can throw a dart in any bullpen player out there, you know, if you want. And the White Sox are probably have had conversations with them, so. Um, I mean, I'm being serious about the fact that Mandrigal would solve your problems as far as defense is concerned in second. Yeah. I don't know that he – watching him hit, I don't know that he's going to hit again. I He just – well, he doesn't look good. And I, I just know the way the White Sox go. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's the talk. You know, unless it's some old – player that's had a huge, uh, you know, a, a great career and is uh, a hall, destined for Hall of Fame, but it's just a little past his prime, that's like the, that's where the White Sox go, you know. Okay, we'll take you because we know what your track record is. Or they just go for kind of that minimal, like, eh, you know, we, you've been here before, Jose Quintana, let's bring you back. You're a left-handed starter. Let's eat some innings and let's go that route. So I feel like that. You need a little worse. I need a little, we need a little outfield help. So I figured, you know, let's throw some uh, fodder in there to talk about Ian Happ because I figured that would be uh, a little touchy point there. But well, I think, I think Ian Happ shooting a little high for, for yeah, for, for an all star with another year of control, that's Ian Happ's going to come in more than the Sox are going to give up for. Yeah. See? You can have Jason Hayward, he's an old pro. Yeah, you know that that's a trade the White Sox would make. We would take him. We would take him for anybody you have in the minors. That makes no difference who it is. Good, good speeches. You know that guy. I've heard. As soon as that rain comes, there's your club. There's your clubhouse leader. Yeah. 
I, I put so this way, I, I, I know you can get them real cheap. <laughs> so. All right, Keith, let's go to a Cardinals trade, and then we'll go back to Chicago. Okay, uh, this is going to be uh, pretty straightforward. Now, th- this is setting aside uh, the whole Soto thing, yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah, um, This is just a standalone, not dependent on any of that. Uh, and, and this kind of goes, it's not quite low-hanging fruit, but this is um, kind of uh, what Mosellock does every uh, uh, we, we might We might be on the same guy here. Let's see. Um, <laughs> this will, yeah, this will be interesting. So um, either uh, Noah Syndergaard or uh, <laughs> Madison uh, Bumgardner, um, one or the other, uh, or I guess I guess possibly maybe separate. They might need both hope. now, yeah. Yeah, um, but uh, one or the other or both for, um, and, and I'm not going to mention specific names because in, in trades like this, um, what I'm always amazed at at the trading deadline is how uh, uh, trades are made and the teams that uh, are getting the the key player just don't give up much, you know, trades are made. And it's like, you know, you, you don't, you certainly don't recognize most of the names and you might recognize a, a one of the top prospects, but other than that, they're, you know, uh, more like a double A single A uh, just kind of throw ins. And so uh, that's what I see Mosellock doing. Uh, maybe one of their top prospects, but not not a top top tier prospect. Uh, not in that. Um, depending, how I look at it. You know, top ten, top fifteen, but somebody maybe a little bit lower uh, among the prospects. And and then you know, a throw in uh, double A single A guy with uh, you know a uh, uh, high ceiling. Um, you know, so two, may, maybe three, uh, if it's three, it's two of those uh, um, lower minors uh, uh, players. Uh, so I, I could see them doing that. And in light of the Matt situation and Flaherty situation, um, and more than likely uh, Palante is going to run out of gas. Yeah, his, um, his innings limit's coming up real quick. Yeah, yeah. So, so they yeah, they got some serious starting pitching issues. So, uh, maybe maybe two of those guys, um, as opposed to, uh, I know there's been some talk about Frankie Montas, but um, that might be a little too rich for uh, Mosellock's uh, liking. I think that's worth knowing for a lot of people too. The Frankie Montas was big, and then now I think it's just kind of pulled back well it's because his shoulder like he had a shoulder issue he had the mri everything checks out but he still hasn't started yet for them yeah, yeah. so if you're going to do that then it it would be more uh on the the level of what i just described as opposed to something a little bit more uh serious just because you know you're not not quite sure what you're getting there yeah dave what are the who are the cubs selling what are they getting for Contreras? Because I'm sure that's the one you went with. That's the big one. Yeah, that's what I'd be excited about. I remember when I was in the White Sox and they were tr- just rifling off players. I was like, who are we going to get? Well, now, I mean, you're right. The, the, new play, the new player that comes into that one, I mean, obviously the Yankees and the Mets are both in on Contreras, depending on how far they want to go in uh, at that point. I mean, he is, he is only a rental, which is if he had another year of control – this would be a bigger haul than, than, than it will be that's here. Mm-hmm. 
I, I think the fact that Tampa Bay just lost their starting catcher uh, for the rest of the year, I think that's where the guys are going to come from. I don't, I'm not familiar enough with Tampa Bay's roster to that just came up to be able to go and take a look. But San Diego, supposedly they're talking about uh, their, their number, their number two and number three prospects, and three is a catcher, you know, which you know is obviously an interesting you know way to go that way. I mean, they, you know, they've, they've got to take their shot. I don't know that they're going to catch the Dodgers no matter what they do, quite frankly, but you know, that's not my problem. That's their problem to worry about. Um, you know, Hap, I, I honestly don't think Hap is going, but I could be wrong uh, on that one, but I think the deadline will come and go. If he goes, he might go in the off season, but he might, depending on how they finish the second half, and, you know, and how they look and, and how much, you know, how close they are. And so, I mean, I did try and put together something for Soto, but anything for me that included Pete Crow Armstrong and Nico Horner and stuff like that, I really, quite frankly, wasn't interested in at that point. Because it, you know, it was, you know, it was going to you know, decimate the top of the uh, of the you know, the list of what you have, and that's and that's great. But you know, the Cubs have been famous over the years for having one great player. You know, you had, you had Andre Dawson, the most valuable player for our last place team. It was fun watching him play that year and kick the shit out of everything, but it wasn't, it wasn't fun to watch him lose. You know, so it's, you know, they're farther away than, than that because of the pitching. They've got to go find some pitching in the offseason, and it just I don't know what's available. I'm confident they'll spend for it if it's there. If it's not there, then you don't buy second-rate pitching and then and hope that it becomes first-rate pitching in the middle. It just doesn't freaking work that way. Hmm. Stuff. So, uh, I mean, you know, for me, I, when I, you know, when I think about the type of trade, I mean, it comes obviously in a different position than the Cardinals and the Sox right now. You know, so for me, is there a player out there I'd want to go after where I'd give up a little more talent? It'd be Otani. Yeah. You'd have Otani and Suzuki. That's there. The Angels need a shitload. <laughs> I mean, they are. What is that? It's a, a team in a crapper. I what does heard, that trade look like? I heard that that is a possibility, and in my mind, like. I so keep, hold on. Remember when I said to yeah. Keith, "There's one other big name that would be the John Mozeliak move." Mm. Yep. That is who I was talking about because the reports are out there that they're all actual reports are saying they won't move him. But what that looks like from a Cardinals perspective, I put that one together. Dylan yep. Carlson, Jordan Walker, Matthew Libertor, Alec Bertelson, Gordon Grafeco, and probably Tink Tink Hintz. So because they, 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 they actually asked Jed Hoyer about it. Seven of your top top twelve prospects. Yeah, and and Hoyer said I won't talk names because of what's out there because it's not you know it's not right there you know it's tampering with people out there. He said, but if the right player is available, whether we're in year one of the rebuild or year three or it, at the beginning or the end, there's certain players. When you can make the deal, you go make the deal. And I, I take Otani over Solo. Yeah, and the thing with Otani is that he isn't just a baseball player. Like he, he, I don't know how much money he brings in nation, global wide, right? Like sales and viewership oh. and just all that. Like he, not only is he a great player, he's a great player. It's transcendental. Well, you look, you look at what Suzuki – you look at the press corps that's here for Suzuki at Wrigley. 
Now he's he's come since he's come back from being hurt, he's sitting over 400. Mm-hmm. So he's back up in the 280 range and stuff at 285. Very solid, good player. Now you put his one of his countrymen on with him. Oh, geez. What, does Otani have a no trade clause? No, because he's still on an entry level technically. So oh, he's okay, but he's a free agent in after next year. Oh, okay. Mm. So the angels, the angels could be uh, if but, they get a haul for him now. So the question then to you, Dave, though, is if you're giving up everything, what is what keeps Shohei Otani to stick around when he has already talked? The whole reason he might want out of the Angels is because he wants to win. Well, you and can't get, the, the, the fact of the matter is you got you got to make a, 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 as good a deal as you can without giving up the ship. If you if you no. give up the, if you give up the if you give up one two three four and five, no, then you can't. You but can't that's what. But that's what's going to take to get out. That's my point. That's maybe, what's going to take to get Otani. You know, maybe I don't know that. Maybe. Maybe stuff like that. So, well, because you got to think about it, you're getting. If you're getting Otani, it, you're getting two players. You're getting a frontline rotation yeah, guy. And that's and a why player. I said you, you so, target him. Yeah. But no, but so I'm saying, so they're going to want a, a haul like you're getting two flat-out individual top flight, two two all-stars at the respective positions. So you got to give up. And I can't think of the name of what they call it, but if you when you, when you go into the minor leagues and you look at the 18 and under group, you know, you've only got, I think, three or four that make the top 100, you know, that are there. The rest of them, they rank them again is 16, 17, 18 year olds. It comes in one of the strongest groups in that, in that bunch. It depends on how far the angels are looking to go. If they're really going to push it out. Yeah. You can give them a bunch more, you know, you can toss out a lot of those, but you know, you can't, it's no different. I, I absolutely agree. You can't give up, you know, let's say Horner and Hap. And Davis and, and Crow Armstrong. No, if you give up all those guys at that point, you're even if you're getting two back instead of one for Soto, you still you're not gaining enough as a team, you know, to make that difference. I, I would agree with that. But you asked to put put together one trade. I thought you know could could have you sit down with them and you work you work through and see what what it would take. Can we have like a quick conversation? We don't even make it very in detail, but. Why? Why did the Angels suck? Yeah, <laughs> like when you well, with explain Mike that. And Otani, it's hard to figure because they have two guys. Look at the rest of their lineup. Well, well they, you know, we figure Rendon when he went there. Yeah, Rendon was, was all that, and he, boy, he's been nothing since he's gone there because he yeah. can't stay healthy there. He yeah. hasn't been able. He's pl- he played like eighty games, sixty games, or no, he not even eighty. He played like. 25 or something games the year of COVID. And then he's played 80 and like 12 or something this year, I think. Like he's played not even a full season in his three seasons there. But so. I'm trying to see who else is on that roster because. Nobody. That's the thing. Absolutely. The problem is I don't follow the American League that closely, so I don't. But so my trade to Keith's point, it was Noah Syndergaard. Is who I is who I have, and I think the Cardinals give Wood in that deal. Give up their first round pick from two years ago. He's technically number six in their prospect pool, but he's just another out. They have so many outfielders: mm-hmm. Joshua Baez and maybe a guy like Jake Woodford, and that pretty much gets that one done yeah. easy. Yeah, and and that's you're and basically that's, giving up nothing. That's your mosaic move, right? It's, yeah, it's. No, Cindy. Hey, we got Thor. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Great. That's that's wonderful. Yeah. 
he can eat innings. He doesn't throw the ball as hard as he used to and doesn't no. have as much movement as he used to, but hey, he can eat some innings. Hey, if he can if he can go five, we'll be thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> but so that wraps up our trade segment. We'll touch on the last thing for this week. We'll just go through it real quick. Our uh our power rankings. So until Matt got me the uh the vote in. The Cardinals were outside the top 10 and Matt Matt's little number pushed them inside the top 10 and moved out his love, lovely uh, Minnesota twins. Yes. Yes. So yeah, I, watched, I, I saw those over the Minnesota games. Anything they, they're not, Minnesota's nothing. Well, and, and right now the Cardinals are, they're, they're just hanging on there at 10. That's more like 10 and a half or 10 and three quarters. <laughs> well, According to our stats, the team that they're chasing down is right there at nine, so they're not much yeah. better. Yeah, they're not, yeah. No, they're not. <laughs> no. Then you got the Rays. This this team was outside the top ten and jumped to seven this week in the Blue Jays. Then you got our this, the top six stayed the same. Yeah. Yeah. But if you look at the Yankees, uh, I was gonna say if you look if you I think we're all getting stuck on how the Yankees started. The Dodgers have now passed them in win percentage. Yeah, the Dodgers are the best team in the league right now. One of those, but not surprised. It's not like whatever, right? One, one A, one B. And amazingly enough, the bottom or the Mets are might be close. They're probably one A and one B in payroll. <laughs> but I mean, they, they've got to both be 300 million plus or close to it. Yeah, I think I was looking that up. Uh, I think it was a two, 270. Who was that? Two were the Dod- Dodgers were at 270, thereabouts 260, 270. Oh, uh, let's see. I, I think they were number one. 277. Hmm. Mets, are, Mets are 253. Yankees are 240. Yeah, what's wrong with them? Man, oh man. 240. Uh, so they got a side here judge going on. Dave, I don't I don't know you because I'm getting 260 for uh, on spot track, 260 for the Dodgers. Oh, this is four months ago. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. 260 for the Dodgers, 259 for the Mets. 250 for the Yankees. Yeah, that's the one I was looking at. 230, mm-hmm. 233 for the Phillies. 217 for the Padres. 203 for the Red Sox. 195 for the Chicago White Sox. Oof. Not getting uh, as much for your 195 million as you. The St. Louis Cardinals are 12th at 160. Yeah. The Cubs are 14th at 150. League average is 148. And the Baltimore Orioles, who are one game under 500, are 45,000. They're the lowest. The Orioles? A lot of, yeah. lot of bang for their buck. Well, let me tell you, they're going to be the lowest for a while, too. Yeah. A lot of rookies. In the first couple of years. A lot of rookies. That's a, and a, if I remember right, They've got a crap load of guys in the top 100. Oh, let's see. Top 100, sort by team. The Orioles have 
They are tied for the most with the St. Louis Cardinals at five. So, I mean, you got, you got what they got to that money, and then you got five more. Now, I don't know what kind of payroll they can – they're probably in the, in the ballpark of what a Milwaukee can spend or – And they have two of the top – they have two of the top five right now in a uh, pitcher, Grayson Rodriguez, and their shortstop prospect, Gunnar Henderson. Yeah, they're, they're in good shape. I'll tell you what, the team that's, that's on the outside looking in that division is Boston. A lot of big-name contracts, a lot of free agents coming, and they're – boy, they're not doing anything. There's a, there's a team that could – if they became sellers in the next week, could change the landscape of a whole lot out there. Oh, that's a good point. Boston has four guys inside the top 100, and their lowest prospect is 54. They have number 10, 14, 44, and 54. Yeah, and they, they probably need to get these guys up here soon. Uh, well, their number 10 prospect's only an A ball. He's 19. The number 14 prospect's 21. He's in AAA. And the other guys are A plus, and they're 20 years old. But I think that'll wrap this one up. We'll uh, end it here and uh, chat again one day before the deadline oh yeah that should be a fun one or or do we want to push it on tuesday so we have the deadline to talk about i i think that if, if it works for everybody that would be good yeah well let's let's talk let's talk to the week and see how it works it might be done by then yeah, yeah big, all the big moves yeah big names might be done yeah yeah. Well, I mean, realistically, there's only one big name that's might be. Well, moved. yeah, there's one big one main one, and that one may not be done. There's a lot that can implement teams, so yeah, let's. No, let's... but I mean, like one one that transcends like yeah. the market, right? Like, well, yeah. So. All right, guys, we'll we'll chat next week. All right. Cool. See you. Good night, guys. See you. Thank you for listening to the Sports Divided podcast. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at Sports Divided. And we'll see you next week.